The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, and everybody. A happy MLK. And if you don't know what MLK stands for, Martin Luther King, baby. Where would this great country we live in be without the great Martin Luther King? Man, can you imagine us still drinking in water fountains, one for blacks, one for whites, or one for coloreds, and one for whites, bathrooms, one for blacks, one for whites. Come on, man. If you if you black, you got to go to the back of the restaurant to be served. If you're black, you couldn't get into a hotel. Oh, my goodness. And just think, this year alone in the NFL playoffs, we had three, quarter, three black quarterbacks. I mean, come on, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton played yesterday. And then Russell Wilson and uh, Teddy Bridgewater played the week before. Wow, where have, uh, what a distance we've come from the days of uh, civil rights movement from the 60s to where we are right now. It is a, it is a great deal of travel that um, America has come, not just black people, but America, because it took, all, it, it took everyone in this great nation to recognize that we're all equal. And we're not, we're not there yet, but we have made some great strides, let me tell you, because uh, I, I grew up in an era where, when I was a young man, there were two high schools in my town. Um, one was uh, Central High School and one was Palaka South High School. Palaka South was a predominantly white school and Palaka Central was a predominantly black school. Uh, eventually, those two high schools uh, were no high schools. They became middle schools and they became one high school in my town. And that high school didn't come up until 1979. So, Wow. Can you imagine, all the way up, almost until the 80s, there were two um, separate high schools in my town. Not that they were two, a black school and a white school. That was pretty much in the, in the early 70s. However, into the uh, late 70s, we had two high schools in my town. But hey, guys, that's all we're here for. We are here to talk about the NFL playoffs, and we're here to talk about the sports world and the sports info world. Guys, there's a whole lot going on in the world of sports, and let's get right to it. Man, wow. Yesterday, Cam Newton took off so fast against the, against the Seattle Seahawks. I think he lost himself. You know, before you know it, at halftime, this score was 31 to nothing. And the guys, um, 
I've been in a game in, in college where we were beating the University of Maryland 31 nothing at halftime, and just so happened we lost that game, and, uh, it was, and, and that was just the start of a horrible season for us. But Cam Newton and the um, Carolina Panthers, that's another story. These guys seem to be able to hold on and win this game. Yep. Cam Newton started off pretty strong yesterday, uh, 31 nothing. And before you knew it, at halftime, he was leading 31 nothing. However, uh, as we know in sports, uh, there's going to be some ups and downs and some, some letdowns. And there's also going to be some climaxes and some things that's going to scare you sometimes in sports. And this is one of those th- things that actually I know it had to have the Carolina Panthers shaking in their boots to know that they had this game in total control at halftime. But yet and still, um, Russell Wilson was able to come back and make this quite a uh, quite a very interesting game. But I guess the question that we have to say is from this game, what do we what do we what do we learn about the Seattle Seahawks? Russell Wilson is still a very young quarterback. And he has a bright future ahead of him. And we've seen that Marshawn Lynch not being in the fold at running back for this team didn't really hurt them. However, we see a team that's got to be aging a little bit on defense, and something has to be done with that. But when we start talking about teams and franchises, the things that make us talk the most is the quarterback position. And when we look at this team at quarterback, Russell Wilson, they didn't score a point in the first half of the game. I mean, but in the second half, this young quarterback is still a very poised and very athletic young man, scored 24 points in the second half and almost made this game a very, very, very interesting game. And when you look at look at this game, I don't think we can put a lot of pressure on on um, Russell Wilson for not being a very not making this game competitive in the first half with his two interceptions, but I think we can look at the Seattle Seahawks team as a whole, and we got to say, hey, you would think that um, Pete Carroll would have made an effort. I know he was down pretty, he was down in the game early, but he would you would think that he would have thought that this is going to be a long game, and eventually I'm going to have to. Um, score some points. I'm going to have to score some points. So if he had gone into halftime at twenty, at thirty-one to three or thirty-one to six, when he had a couple of opportunities to kick field goals and didn't do it against Carolina's defense, I really think this would have been a a a, a whole different game. I think this would have gave his team a little bit more momentum going into the half if they had only um, only scored. Something before the halftime. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back after these messages and we'll talk more about the NFL playoffs over the weekend. Your internet flagship station for sports. sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter 
formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's the first week in January, and that means one thing. The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, is headed for some frosty fishing. So gear up for ice fishing and cold weather all species fishing with Dave Mercer from Dave Mercer's Facts of Fishing, the show. Plus, J.P. DeRose from J.P. DeRose Breaking Boundaries, Cat Daddy, and Unpro's Chance Orth. And it's presented by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, guys, you know, we are just talking about Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Hate to see these two brothers go up against each other so early in their career. But um, I think this is a learning lesson for both of them. I think Cam really has to understand that, man, when you get him down, you got to pour it on. You know, I mean, you can't just put the knife at the blade of the, can't put the blade at the throat and not, not pull it. You know, you got to do something, man. Hey, we got Kenny on the line. Kenny, what's going on? Not too much. How you guys doing today? Hey, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. I'm holding it down solo by myself tonight. I'm sure you could pull it off. Right, hey, you know, hey, life is beautiful, and I don't let nothing stop this life from keeping on moving on being beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, here, like we, we, we're here talking about um, the, the, our favorite time of year. You know, we see the best football of our life. Uh, last Monday night, we saw the, um, the Alabama professional team because they don't have a professional team in Alabama, but we saw their professional team win the national championship. And, um, you know, they, they beat Clemson and, and for a long time, well, and I take that back. Um, Clemson is a professional team for South Carolina because they don't have a professional team either. Right. Well, I you know, thought one, I didn't, you know, I'm a, I'm a U of M guy myself, but I did for Clemson only because one of my closest cousins down there in Jacksonville was a big fan of Clemson. Outside of that, I, you know, I'm, I'm orange and green till I die. I feel. Having, 
Yeah, having said that, when I look at the teams we got left in the playoffs right now, I am going to ride with uh, Carolina. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, I, I gave up uh, rooting for the Washington football team about nine games ago. Okay. But uh, I would like to see Cam, just like what you talked about, have that killer instinct. Not just Cam, but as a unit, I think Carolina should have that killer instinct. There's no way they should be able to put up 31 points in the first half and then none in the second. I, mean, I, I, uh, I agree totally. And, you know, um, I, I really think that Cam Newton, he he has to have more of a killer instinct too, though. You know, I think he really has to have a, a, a killer instinct. I mean, he doesn't have that kind of like get-in-your-face kind of attitude with his teammates with, that we see from Brady. And, you know, we can mm-hmm. use Brady as, 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 as leverage because this guy's been there. He has the mantle on his on his on his desktop four times already, you know, and, and you see him getting the guy's face. Young quarterbacks that look like Russell Wilson or look like Cam Newton, they don't have that uh, the flexibility to say I'm gonna be a rah rah get in your face type player because when athletes of color do that stuff. I think they get to twist it up any way they want to use it versus some of these other athletes can do it, and it's good. He's fiery and all of that. One, any, of those, any of our other athletes do that from time to time, they could be uh, poison. oh, he's a hothead or he's immature or he needs to tone it down a bit. I never hear them say that about any of the other white quarterbacks, so I disagree there in terms of I think there's a fine line in how much they can show uh, that rah-rah, get in your face, I'm chewing out this tight end or this wide receiver or this split end on my team. I don't think Russell or Cam have the same leeway that a, a Tony, Rono, Tony Romo or Brady or even Peyton, for that matter, would do it. I mean, and I've seen Peyton talk to his players but never demeaning them in a manner that I've seen Brady do it several times. And they look at that as it's okay to do. I don't think those guys have the leeway to do that. I just absolutely don't. It's not a level playing field like that for our quarterback. Well, you know, well maybe that maybe I'm not talking about um, uh, Olson. He, he can't get in Olson's face, but he can get in Ted Ginn's face. <laughs> I don't think he. Can. I think <laughs> hey, <I'm- laughs> now, they might give that a little bit of room. But it still depends on how demonstrative he is in appearance, how that looks on TV, and I, and I, how it looks it, on the sidelines. You know, they don't run with that. I agree with but you I, wholeheartedly. I would but like I, to I really see think him, uh, that, you know, sometimes our body language can speak louder than our words. And I mm-hmm. think Cam Newton, sometimes maybe his body language can can say more than what, because when you look at his body language, it's always saying, Hey, we got it. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Sometimes you have to, you know, maybe let these guys know, hey, let's lay the hammer down, man. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not saying, and, and I agree with you totally, um, Tom Brady, he's Tom Brady. You know, right. he can say things and do things that no other quarterback can do. And Absolutely. I, and and we, we celebrate MLK Day today, but uh, our society has a long way to go as far as um, some of us being able to take orders from from black people. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you're basically saying with, with Cam Newton. Um, he can't pro- um, produce that kind of uh, demonstrative attitude because if he right. does, he is going to be looked at as the angry black man. 
You know, right. and I don't, I, and, and he can't afford to have that right now. He, he he almost has this image of being, you know, um, the super boy, you know, the superman, the the well, super he's, black he's man. A couple of years, he's a couple of years away from college where he did some, you know, some things that we do as young kids in college that I, I think the first sign he gives them that he's showing any of that, they'll bring up all those things again. So he absolutely has to be as close to perfect as a, a quarterback can be. I, I, I agree totally. And, um, and maybe two years from now, when he has some, some guys that he's had with him for three or four years, uh, he mm-hmm. might be able to um, get in their face a little bit more. Or maybe even, maybe not get in their face, but demand more from them. You know, and that's right. what I guess I don't see from Cam Newton. He doesn't really demand more from his supporting cast uh, than than they give him. I mean, and and maybe it's because he knows he's getting probably more than he he should be getting from them. Right, right. You know? that, that could be. I did enjoy watching uh, Russell uh, Russell Wilson even when his team was down. And quite honestly, the game looked pretty much decided in my opinion. But he still looked like he was still trying to fire up the team, still trying to get them motivated that if we get another shot, you know, I feel like we can take it. I don't know what he was saying, but just when I looked at him high-fiving guys on the bench right before the kickoff, if I were a coach, that would definitely be the type of thing I'd like to see from my quarterback or from my point guard if he, you know, if I had a basketball team. I did see those leadership qualities that you're talking about from Russell. So, I, you know, I wanted – Obviously, I wanted Carolina to win, but I would have been totally satisfied uh, had the Seahawks won. I think Russell Russell Wilson is a, a class quarterback, a class individual. Period. So I like to see he and Cam out there representing us in a positive light, and not just running the football either. Yeah. Hey, um, Kenny, hold on. Hey, um, Matt, do we have Mr. James on? Hey, Kenny, we got Mr. James on. You know, and and Mr. James is um. Is he actually knows knew Martin Luther King Jr. So we gotta we gotta bring him in right now. Mr. James, what's going on? Same old, same old. How you doing on this afternoon, Mr. Mr. Darrell? I'm doing very good. Doing very good. You know, now Mr. James, I guess we gotta get specific with this, you know, and um it's a lot of stories. Um, I grew. I was born in 1964, but it's a lot of stories in my area of uh, Martin Luther King coming to St. Augustine, Florida, and um, about how the the civil rights movement was um, was uh, spark, sparked partly in St. Augustine, Florida. Is there any truth to these stories, and what's oh, going on? A whole lot of truth to them. I, I wish a lot of you guys have been born in that era, so you can understand that those struggles that we went through. I know the time that he was staying at uh, the ho- the near the golf course out there off of US one. We call it Phillips Highway coming into town, and we couldn't even go go that way uh, to play golf and none of that kind of stuff. But we did get a chance to holler at him. And you see, you were born in 1964. You were born one year after my oldest son. So so to say this, uh, King stood for a whole lot of good stuff. And we have a lot to be grateful for right today because of him. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, what what year were you in Jacksonville, uh, Minister James? I came in Jacksonville in 1962 because I went to Ever Waters for a while. I didn't finish, but I went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and and, uh, and and what what year would you say you met uh, Martin Luther King? 
It had to be in 1962, 63. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. How was the city of Jacksonville? Were, were there any black men on the police force in, in, the, in the 60s? We, 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 we had a handful. I had a handful, not a whole lot. One of my best friends happened to be Frank Hampton. He was one of the first on there. Uh, a well-known gentleman. In fact, about it, one of the uh, uh, millionaires, black millionaires in Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. He owned his only, only service station on Merrill Avenue, which was a Gulf service station. Uh, this gentleman, uh, during those days and time, that was unthinkable, unheard of. But he was one of the fortunate ones. Mm-hmm. As far as being on police and, and folks of that nature, we didn't have a whole lot. Right. And, and, and Edward Waters College, it was right in there, uh, right on, on King Street like it is now? Yeah, or King was Road. It? King Road. I call it King Road University. My old mm-hmm. school, my old stumping ground. Right. In fact, about right. it, uh, one of the oldest HBCs around. Edward Waters University in Jacksonville, Florida. Edward Waters College. <laughs> Edward Waters College, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. One important enough to be a hurricane. <laughs> well, hey, they call this show Sports Info UM, and it's a reason for that because we really give a lot of love to the University of Miami around yes, these sir. parts. Yep. Hey, well, Mr. James, you know, yes, we're sir. here every Monday night, and um, don't be a stranger. Give us a call. Anytime. I will do that. I'm so glad to hear your voice. You know, like I said, I didn't get a chance to say something I wanted to say today, but I'm not going to do it on the air. But you know what? I'm, you know what it's all about. Hey, well, you can always say anything on these airways. We ain't stopping nothing. <laughs> you know, let it rip. Let it rip. Let it rip. Let it rip. I hear you, my friend. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, you like I said, I'm, I'm watching now uh, something that I was involved in: the uneven fairways. That, that the way that we was treated as black golfers. Uh-huh. I think about a good friend of mine passed away during the TCP tournament, Calvin Pete. Calvin and I used to run together when he was okay. a youngster. So I met Calvin when he was about 26 years old, 26 to 27. Yeah, the late, great Calvin Pete. That's him. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, and, 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 One of the pioneers. You know, all my buddies are trying to leave us, but there's a, there's a time and season for all of us. Calvin passed away, and before him there was Charlie Sippen, and before Calvin uh, was 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 buried good, there there Pete Brown. Right. Uh, I'm always going over in Tampa side and watching that my, my, my old golf buddies over that way. The young man that invented the long putter. I, I just told my wife about him, Charlie. Owens. I sent him a Christmas card. Nice. Let him know that I'm still thinking about him. They're gonna outlaw his putter this year. That's the a one black that man, Charlie. That's a black man, right? Black man, Charlie Owens, he's out of Winter Haven, Florida. Charlie Owens, I never knew that the belly putter was invented by a black man. Yes, sir. Never knew that. Oh, yeah. No. no he never started knew because of his bad leg. He got hurt in, by being in the military. The right leg was real stiff. He couldn't bend it. So the yeah. little short putter didn't work for him. When he got on the, on the seniors tour, they let the seniors ride in cots, and at the seniors U.S. Open... They said they had to walk, and he couldn't take it. So he invented that putter so he can uh, keep playing golf. And help him walk, too. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of those guys that I'm speaking of now, uh, Brother Darrell, uh, in Tampa, Florida, they hang around Rogers Park. I can, I can just run off names after names. Uh-huh. Yep. Something you never How's heard Tim of. Dent I talked to you about that one day. 
How's Jim Dent doing now? Before we let Jim you Jim know. Dent is doing fine. He's right there in Tampa also. He, Ron, Terry. Okay. They all are at Tampa, Rogers Park. Ex-football player, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They hang around there too. Yeah. You know, I, when, I, when I started watching golf, I always tried to find a black golfer. And, which, mm-hmm. and, and, and Jim Dent was the first black golfer that I, that I actually saw, and he was on the seniors tour by then. And then mm-hmm. I began to see Calvin Pete playing from time to time. So right. those were, when you mention these two names as, as black golfers, it's almost kind of like amazing to, um, to know that um, you know, these guys were, you know, you have, it's hard to imagine the struggles they had to go through to be right. a part me, of I'm, a I'm one of them older fellows myself. I'll be 73 my next birthday, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, uh, should be. We was on the mini tour together. We started something on the mini tour between uh, some golfers and a young man by the name of J.C. Goosey, a white guy. We had, had the mini tour, which we called the Space Coast. We played up and down the, the, the uh, coast like Melbourne, Florida, Coco. Jacksonville, Ferndina Beach, uh, New Smyrna Beach. We played down at Sugar Mill, New Smyrna, Hyde Park in Jacksonville. And down in, around my hometown, Fort Lauderdale, Pompano, Palmyra. That's where Leella live at now. Leella live at Palmyra in Pompano. Mm-hmm. I saw him down at PGA headquarters in West Palm Beach. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, um... Reverend James, like yes, I said, sir. don't be a stranger and give us a call. We're here every Monday night from 8 to 9. All right, I sure will. You got Be it. Blessed. Thanks a lot. Okay. Hey, guys, that was Reverend James giving us our, um, our MLK update and, and giving us a little, a little black history about the, um, the legends of golf, um, some of the black legends of, of golf. Yep. Well, hey, guys, um, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? 
Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, yesterday the Carolina Panthers beat the uh, Seattle Seahawks. However, the Green Bay Packers couldn't do the same to the Arizona Cardinals, even though this game did go into overtime and uh, and Green Bay made made quite a game out of it. And we gotta you gotta tip your hat to um Aaron Rodgers. You know, two TDs, one interception, uh twenty four forty four passing, um two hundred and sixty one yards. But hey, Carson Palmer, you know, um, a lot of people still questioning is he how many how many years does he have left? You know, he's not a young guy anymore. Um, Carson Palmer is getting up there in age, but, hey, he still has Larry Fitzgerald. And that's a real question mark for a lot of people is, um, is, is how, many, how, many, um, how many more years can Carson Palmer play? Hey, we got James calling from Virginia. James, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Hey, loving life, you know, James. I, I, all right, you know that. Just to touch on that Carson Palmer thing, I think he's probably got as many years as uh, as Larry Fitzgerald has. You know, Carson <laughs> hasn't played a whole lot of full seasons in the last five or six years. And, and you know, I think he's still got a really strong arm. He's got a high, high IQ, and like you said, as long as he's got Fitzgerald there, I don't see why he can't can't keep playing another two or three years with a, get, with a good, strong running game, which they seem to have. They do seem to have a really strong running game, but I guess that's my my concern is that you know. How much longer can Larry Fitzgerald play? You know, he's he's no spring chicken. And we look at Carson Palmer. He's 36 years old, and he's dealt with some injuries, man. Last year he dealt with, right. a, with a nerve injury. Um, he's had shoulder and knee problems. I'm not saying that he can't play until he's 40 or he or like Peyton Manning, and we see Tom Brady playing at this kind of age. But he, 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 he hasn't played behind the kind of – protection that Brady and um, and um, Peyton Manning has played with. But let's look at what we got right now. And what we have right now is a team that only needs to win one game, and they're playing in the Super Bowl. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, I really think this is going to be a very, very, very competitive game. I, I, think, I think Carolina may have an edge on defense going into this game. Uh, however, um, I'm not so sure if they have that same edge on offense because you're right. Carson mm. Palmer is a very accurate passer. Um, he has some weapons too. And this kid Lloyd, uh, uh, Lloyd has come from out of nowhere and become a, 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 a very good receiver. 
Yeah. And they've done this without their best running back. Yeah. You know. They've been, they've been pretty decent. I think Palmer's got a strong arm. He's, he's kind of like Peyton. They, they know their limitations. And, and, Those and, guys and, that seem to me to last. And, and I would agree with you. Uh, he does know his limitations, and uh, and he doesn't try to exceed that either. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know he he's he's playing, he, and and he's not one of these guys that you can say um, he manages the game. No, he's going to take some chances. You know he's going to throw the right. ball downfield, and um, and he'll he'll take off running on you too. You know, so he's not that guy that's just going to be able to just just going to stay in the pocket and pocket him and be a statue. Uh, I, I like Carson Palmer. I've always liked him. I, I even like this guy when um when he held Cincinnati hostage. You know what I'm saying? You know how, how many quarterbacks have we known been able to do something like that and get away with it? And get away with it? Not many. Yeah. Not many. Not many. Wow. And and he was able to do it. But you know, um, and and when we look at this guy, um, the coach of this team, you know, Arians. I mean, this is a guy that. They just got him because they really couldn't get anybody else to coach this team, you know. And he's he's put this team in a position. Even last year, they were on their fifth string quarterback and still creeping through the playoffs, you know. And this year, they have their number one quarterback throughout the playoffs, so they should be able to, you know, they should be able to really. We we've seen they've been being able to do some things in the playoffs. Actually, having a the first week bye, now they're coming back this week and. And winning, putting them in a putting themselves in a position to hey, win one more game and and, mm-hmm. and play in a Super Bowl, yeah. And doing all of this with a, a scrap heat running back, a group of you know they they call Chris Chris Johnson after he had got shot in Orlando at a nightclub, no, in a car. You know this dude healed him from a bullet wound and asked him to come and be the running back for this team, the starting running back. Yeah, and he did a pretty good job. And Chris did a really good job. You got him off to to a pretty good start this year, you know. So um, I I tip my hat to this guy Arians too, though. On the other hand, um, the Green Bay Packers coach came out today and said that Eddie Lacy has to lose weight coming into camp next year. Mm. You know, is that to me? Mm. It, it it sounds like he's um. Sounds sounds like he's kind of dumping on Eddie Lacy a little bit, you know, like throwing him under the mm-hmm. bus. You know, today you come out and say this. He couldn't have said this three weeks ago or two weeks ago, but today after they lose in the, in the second round of the playoffs, right. throwing him under the bus, man. I, I don't like that. I think Eddie Lacy did a pretty good job this year at, uh, at running back for this team. I really yeah, do. I mean, does Eddie Lacy need to lose weight? Maybe, but. He wasn't the reason why they didn't do well. That left side of that offensive line was the reason why they didn't do well. Exactly. Exactly. And, no. and, and, and the lack of catching the ball from the receivers that they had this year, mm. you know, it, no one had to leave the box because these guys couldn't catch. You know, it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So I really think that was kind of that was, that was harsh on, um, on, 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 um, on the Green Bay Packers coach because – I really think Eddie Lacy had a pretty darn good season this year. He didn't have the stellar season, stellar season he had last year, but um, he didn't have a bad season this year. Right. No, nah, no. Nah. So who you like in the Super Bowl, um, James? Who are you going with? Well, <laughs> I 
I have to I have to go with the home teams at this point. Um, I think Carolina and and, and 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 Arizona are both really tough. I think like you said, Arizona's offense may have an edge over Carolina's offense. Carolina's defense may have a small edge over Arizona's defense. So it boils down to special teams and the, and the fans in the Charlotte Stadium. I think it's Bank of America Stadium. I think that's what it's going to boil down to. So I, I think I have you to might say, be right. New England, because Lord knows what the weather's going to be like up there. And uh, and Carolina, I have to go with the home team. So you really don't think Peyton Manning can can pull it out in Denver? He can't throw a deep ball. I, I just I, don't see anybody beating New England without having a deep threat. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now, man. You know, Peyton only has a few games left in his career. And if he ever was throwing the juice down... He's throwing the juice down on Thursday. Believe that. Yeah. So don't don't be surprised if Peyton throw one of them sixty or seventy yarders, man. Because you know it's already a rumor out there about him about him taking the juice. You know. So if he's juicing, if he he gonna be juicing on Thursday, and don't be surprised if you see a sixty or seventy yarder fly out his hand into the wind. And you know I'll be calling next week and and, and, and calling you out and letting you know you made the right call. I'm just letting you know, man, because, you know, you know, people people always complain about people taking a juice and people shouldn't be taking a juice. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if they come out tomorrow with some juice that said, hey, you're going to live 15 years longer and you're going to look like you did when you was in your 30s. Sign it's, it's, it's flying off the shelf, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be flying off the shelf. So. I, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for anyone uh, taking PEDs or, or any kind of substances to get an advantage. Um, however, it's an old rule out there: if if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So if you know, if if you holding, if you holding on every play and getting away with it, you got away with it. You know, so I, I don't. I, I, I hope, yeah, you know, but um, I really think Peyton Manning has has a shot because I think that um, the defense is going to be a lot different this week for New England than it was last week in Kansas City. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think this week uh, the Denver Broncos um, they're going to bring more pressure. We're going to see more mm-hmm. uh, blitzes, uh, and we're going to see a, a team that's going to be able to um, to hang with um, with these guys. And take advantage of some of the mistakes that New England made. Uh, Kansas City had interceptions thrown right to them in this game and couldn't yeah. take advantage of them. You know, I just don't see Denver uh, making those kind of mistakes. However, if we look at matchup for matchup, when we look at Gronkowski and we look at Julian Edelman and we look at um, Danny Amendola and um, Brandon LaFell, I mean, I just really think that. New England has more weapons, especially when they're on. Mm-hmm. So I think New England has that one in the bag, but but you never know with the weather in Denver. You know how is it going to be in Denver, Colorado? Yeah, yeah. How, how is it going to be? Never know. You never know. But well, James, we got one more game, man. Um, I I know you saw that Denver game, the Denver and Pittsburgh game yesterday. You know Pittsburgh. I was really actually happy to see Pittsburgh not beat Denver simply because, in my opinion, um, Pittsburgh is so beat up, they wouldn't have been a good 
it wouldn't have been a good matchup for them to move on into the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I have to agree with that. The, the yeah, better team won yesterday, straight up. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and Pittsburgh made this game a game. I mean, come on. Um, uh, Pittsburgh was winning up until the fourth quarter in this game. And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 when, you, and when you look at it, that's another sign that Denver might not even be competitive against the, um, the, the um, New England Patriots because Pittsburgh, a banged-up team without their number one receiver, who is, the, who is definitely the MVP of that team, and, and I'm, I'm including um, Ben Roethlisberger, that kid Antonio right. Brown is the best receiver in the game. Without him, they were winning up mm-hmm. until the fourth quarter, and they still only lost um, 23-16. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pittsburgh played extremely well for what they had. That's for sure. I was surprised that Denver didn't play a better game. But you know how it gets in the playoffs, coming off a bye week. You know your starting quarterback hasn't started in what seven weeks. Yeah, we we'll just have to see what kind of preparation they do this week and see what happens. I'm a little nervous on calling that game. But I'm going to go ahead and say New England just because they're at home. You know? Uh, now, I would, what I will say is I think that players like DeMarcus Ware, these guys are going to make it hard for Manning to throw those little short passes. I mean, for uh, Brady to uh, throw these short passes. If they keep those arms up, they could be a problem. But nobody wants to keep their hands up anymore. Nobody believes in fundamentals in the pro level. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, uh, and know, James, that, that, think, game, that game is played in Denver, so they're going to be in Colorado. At mile high, oh. yeah, hmm. and, and Arizona's going to um, Carolina, and uh, Sunday at Sunday at three o five, it'll be in Denver, um, and Sunday at six forty in Carolina. You know, wow, these are going to be two great games, and 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 I guess what's so interesting is that um, this Carolina team in Arizona, they haven't been to the playoffs. Um, in a while, well, Carolina's been to the playoffs, and Arizona's in the playoffs, but they haven't been this far in the playoffs in so many years. So, this is going right. to be very interesting. Carolina's never been this deep into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, wow. Mm. So, this is going to be interesting. Hey, James, thanks for calling, man, and don't be a stranger. Give us a call anytime here on the Sports Info UM Radio Show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, and I'll be talking to you guys after the games next Monday. Hey, we, we, we're here for you, man. We're here for you. Thanks a lot, James. All right. Listen. All right. Take care. Hey, that, that was James calling us from Virginia and giving us some, uh, giving us his NFL picks for this week, his Super Bowl picks for, uh, for this week. But hey, guys, you know, um, you know, there was a story that came out, um, about the colleges that with that, that made the most money. And you know who's at the top, um, Ohio State is they're they're always up there, and then there's you know some other teams, but it's unbelievable to see these teams making close to a billion dollars. It's 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 almost it's crazy. It's so when you see this kind of stuff and you see the University of Alabama winning a national championship, um, it, it, it what can we say? Here's another team making uh, making a billion dollars off the backs of of young of young athletes that 
probably will not even have an opportunity to graduate from college because maybe they had a, they suffered an injury um, during their career of some sort and maybe wasn't just able to maybe maybe they weren't able to take classes because of the injury or maybe the injury um, slowed them down from getting across campus to their classes. You just never know. But I, I think something has to be done. I keep harping on this. These colleges are making billions, millions, and millions of dollars off of these kids. And the same kid can't even, um, 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 can't, can't even sell his jersey that you gave him um, for winning a bowl game, whether it be the Peach Bowl, the, the City Bowl, or or the, or the toilet bowl. I don't care what bowl you won. If you won a bowl game, you should be able to um, to keep your. You should be able to do whatever you want to do with your jersey. If you win a Super Bowl ring, you could doggone sell your Super Bowl ring. But here it is: if this kid is still in college and he tries to sell his uh, his championship ring or his bowl ring, he's going to catch a lot of flack from it from the university. He's going to catch a lot of flack from from his team, and he might even lose his scholarship or, or maybe, be, maybe even be asked to leave the program because he decides that he wants to, um, he decides that he wants to, to sell a jersey or a T-shirt. This is, this is ridiculous, and, um, and, and something has to be done about it. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I keep talking about the, um, about the, um, I keep talking about the kids earning money in college, and I don't know whether what, what they're going to do about that, but something needs to be done because if the college is going to earn money, the kids need to earn money. It just doesn't make sense that for a for a a college to think that they can they can they can earn a billion. And give a kid a couple of grand and say, "Hey, here's a scholarship for you." Now go on on about your business, and um, we might talk about this at a, at a later date. But I, I seriously doubt if we'll ever talk about this again. That just makes no sense to me, and we and we really have to do something about that. Yeah, but guys, let's get a little bit back to this, um, back to the world of sports because there's still a lot going on. You know, um, we were talking about Tom Brady earlier, and. Tom Brady really got on Julian Edelman uh, for not blocking on a run that he made where he where he almost scored a touchdown. Now this is what I'm talking about. We were talking about this earlier. Um, I could see Cam Newton getting on one of his guys for not blocking, but at the same time, I could see Cam Newton not saying a thing. And, and you know, but Brady he can he can say something. Um, I, I I think that's that's important, you know. But um, and Tom Brady has has the 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 mentality of well, he what we see from him, he has this mentality of a of almost kind of like a like a a bulldog kind of guy. I'm a I'm a rah rah. I'm the, I'm the big chief. I'm the big chief. Bollywash. And hey, and the way way he's looking at it. I think he is a big chief body wash. You know, congratulations, Coach Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson is a new coach for the Cleveland Browns, and I think he's going to do a very, very good job um, uh, with the Browns as well. You know, coach Jackson's been with Cincinnati Bengals the last few years, 
and I think he'll he'll do an outstanding job. And it's very and what well, what you gotta love about Hugh Jackson is he's very creative with his offenses. Um, um, I think I think now that that may have lost him his job at Oakland though as being a little too creative with the formations and um, and and the play calling. But because he has um, He's in a he's in a, a place now that where they really really need him and they need some stability in Cleveland um, real bad. I think that um, he'll do a good job there, and I don't I don't see him having any problems. Um, um, I don't see him having any problems adjusting, and and actually, I see Cleveland being a winner uh, pretty soon without Johnny Manziel being a quarterback at that team. And Mike Malarkey um, was just hired. Uh, he was the interim head coach for the um, Tennessee Titans, and now he'll he'll be the um, the head coach for the Tennessee Titans. And the way it appears, he's not going to be making much money either because um, they still owe Coach Wizenhunt um, fifteen million dollars for the next three years. So I know they're not going to pay Mike Malarkey, a, a guy that they was just paying the money of a. Um, of, of an assistant coach, he's happy to double his salary, so he'll probably be making maybe maybe around two million a year compared to Wizenhunt's five million that he's going to be making for uh, for literally um, doing doing absolutely nothing. Wow, that's 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 incredible. So uh, hey, good luck, coach. You ain't got to do nothing, and you're gonna make you uh, fifteen million dollars. Hey, you can't. Hey, how could you? Uh, how could you not love that? You know, my goodness. Yeah, how could you? How could you not love this guy's making that much money and doesn't even have to work for the next couple of um, next couple uh, next couple of years? And if he does work, it's probably going to go against him. So, congratulations, coach, and uh, and, and and keep up keep up the good work. <laughs> Oh Lord! Hey, well, guys, here's here's um here here are the money earners, the top money money earners for college football. At number one, Alabama, a hundred and twenty three million seven hundred sixty nine eight hundred and fourteen dollars. Wow! Texas Longhorns. A hundred and twenty million. Ohio State Buckeyes. A hundred and fifteen million dollars. Florida Gators. A hundred and six million dollars. Tennessee Volunteers. A hundred and one million dollars. Michigan State Wolverines. Ninety-nine million dollars. Wow. The te- the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Ninety-eight million dollars. Wow. The Oregon Badgers. Ninety-five million dollars. The Aggies is Texas A&M. Ninety-two million dollars. Penn State. Ninety-one million 
dollars. Wow. It's, it's, this, these are the kind of numbers that we're talking about. A team makes $123 million from the football program. $123 million. And you take $2 million and you can pay for every scholarship on a team for the entire year. $2 million. And they'll pay for every scholarship for the entire year. And these these numbers are just they're just incredible to think that a team is making that much money and I can almost guarantee you that um, there is no professional team in Alabama. So let's just use the Carolina Panthers or the or the Atlanta Falcons. These teams did not they're not gonna they're not gonna make this kind of money um, this year. It's just, it's just not it's just not possible. You know, and we've looked at some of these teams that are um, that are valued up into close. The Dallas Cowboys valued at almost a billion dollars, but they're not. We're not talking about the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about maybe the Carolina Panthers, who are a team that's making the playoff this year. They will not make a hundred and twenty million dollars. You know, we say these things to say something has to be done about these kids not being paid to play this sport that is so dangerous that most of them lead a game after three or four or five years with injuries that they won't, they really can't even afford to deal with, the injuries that they'll feel even worse as time goes on. As time goes on, these injuries will be worse. And the more severe your injuries are, the more you have to deal with as you get older. You know, if you're dealing with a neck injury at 21 years old, trust me, when you're 41, You'll still be dealing with it, but you won't be having any. You won't be under the school's doctor. You'll probably be trying to pay for it yourself through chiropractic or, or, um, or, or, um, or some type of um, healing process. Because hey, the injuries don't just go away, guys. And that's why I really think we have to do something about helping these young men find some kind of way to make money or maybe some kind of way to put money aside for them to have in the later on. I mean, and I say later on, I mean maybe when they, when they turn 30, it's the saving bonds that we put into an account that just makes $100 a year or $300 a year. But when this kid turns 30 years old, because he put his life on the line to play a sport that People made millions off of, you know, in Clemson, uh, the, the Alabama is going to make two hundred million dollars in two in two years off of their football program, and probably no, they're making making way more than two hundred. They're making probably like two hundred and fifty million off of their program, off of their football program in the next two years. And what does the kids get? A good education, and there is no guarantee that he's a, he is going to get a good education. There's a guarantee that he's maybe maybe may have an opportunity to get a good education, but there is no guarantee that he will get a good education. Hey guys, this week coming up, Carolina Panthers will be going against um, the Arizona Cardinals in Carolina. Cam Newton, we're pulling for you, baby. Do what you can. And the um, 
New England Patriots will be going up against Peyton Manning, the guy they say can't throw the ball more than 40 yards. If Peyton can get the ball down the field 50 yards, they better watch out. I'm pulling for you, Peyton. But I really think uh, Bill Belichick, he is the smartest football coach I've ever seen. And I think we haven't, we are yet to see the best of Bill Belichick this year. And the things that we're going to see in the next two games, in, in this game coming up this, this Sunday um, from Bill Belichick, you just never know what you're going to get. Um, he might just, whew. You just never know what you're going to get from Bill Belichick, but I know it's going to be something that we have not seen before. Hey, um, guys, thank you for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. And, hey, have a great MLK night. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.